Hey everyone, we appreciate everybody tuning in and we also appreciate everybody that came out to our garage sale this past weekend. We all had a blast at the sale. It was really fun to meet everybody that showed up. It's always fun to chat, tell hunting stories, talk about different things that we've been learning. And that was what kind of inspired this. I just thought, well, we're gonna be talking about all these things anyway, so we might as well record it and share it with everybody, even for those people that weren't able to attend. So I set up my podcasting gear outside of the sale, and I sat down with everybody that volunteered and talked to them about a hunting story that they had. Every story is unique, and I had a lot of fun doing it. It's probably one of my favorite podcasts that I've ever recorded just because I got to talk to so many different people, hear so many cool stories, and I can't thank everybody that volunteered enough. There's actually enough people that sat down and told a story that I think we're going to break this into two separate podcasts. I'm excited for you guys to hear these stories. I hope you enjoy this. If you do like this podcast, let me know, and I'll try to get creative and do more stuff that incorporates people that are listening to the podcast or watching our videos. So as you guys probably know, last year was a pretty wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. And that's why we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media's censorship. Go Wild is a free social media community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. Also, we just had our second hog hunt from Texas go up on the YouTube channel. Check that video out, and in that video, you'll see that Aaron is shooting a new bear bow. So be on the lookout for more info on that coming up real soon. As you guys probably know, we all shoot bear archery. We're all shooting different bows right now, and that's what we like about bear archery. They've got a whole bunch of different options. They've got a lot of different bows, and within that long list of bows, they have broad price range. So if you have any interest in getting a new bow this off season, check out beararchery.com and you can save 10% off of all bear equipment with the code THP10. And keep in mind, there's going to be a new bow coming out here real soon. All right, here goes part one of hunting stories from the THP garage sale. All right, so why don't you tell me your name and where you're from and then, yeah, give me your story. Okay. Yeah, I'm Andrew Yoder. I'm uh here from the uh, Albia area. I'm originally from, I guess, Holmes County, Ohio, and so <laughs> I, 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 I I heard you mention that county when you were talking to the other guys over there. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm, I moved out here from Ohio about eight years ago. Okay. And so, but yeah, I moved out here. It was strictly just for the deer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, was well, it I, worth it? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I haven't taken what you might consider booners or whatever, but it's, it's been an experience, that's for sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, this story is, uh, I guess, happened, you know, just, just south of here. And it was on uh, a guy that he bought a farm and he actually put a trailer, uh, a house trailer on that farm that I moved into to kind of take care of the place. And this trailer was sitting kind of on, uh, on top of a hill, and I could see... <clears throat> There was a uh, there was a, a crop field down at the bottom from that I could see from the house, mm-hmm. 
and uh, I always stayed on the south side of the crop field. There was a creek that ran uh, east and west, and then there was a hill, uh, north-facing hillside on the opposite side, so the deer could always see me mm-hmm. from that side, and they also bedded on the west end of that. So I always stayed out of there, and uh, so I was always able to see what kind of deer came out, and this was would have been the fall of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a buck that kept coming out. Inches-wise, he wasn't that big, but he had really cool character. And, uh, you know, his body was big. You know, he had that slow, deliberate walk whenever he would come out. So we decided, yeah, we went ahead and put out a, uh, a turnip plot down there. And it wasn't until about the first week of October, I went ahead and uh, I put out a, a ground blind. And he was, he came out, he was pretty consistent in coming out in daylight. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, he's got to be bedded close by. And so I think it was October 4th, I went ahead and put out a ground blind uh, just below the house. There was a little, a little bit of timber just below the house, would have been on the north side of that bottom field. And uh, I put the blind out around noon, and about 4 o'clock, I slipped back in the blind. And this was right next to this turnip plot. And uh, I was in the I had just got finished setting up in the blind. And I looked out, and this deer is coming. This was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, this was early October, so it doesn't get dark until, what, 7.30? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's coming out of the thicket and coming over to the turnip plot. And I was scrambling to finish getting my bow ready. And I had a camera with me, but at that point it was like, okay, <laughs> I don't have time. You're right. <laughs> so, so he comes over, and he... Is that the path that ran through the turnip plot went about 25 yards in front of the blind, but he just came over to the corner of the turnip plot and he was just feeding on turnips. He didn't come in any further, uh-huh. and all of a sudden he turned to go back into the thicket, and uh, I quickly drew. And this was I had I had ranged him before, and he was about 42, 45 yards, and I drew back and uh, let it go. And the entrance was, I could immediately see that the entrance was liver, but he was quartering away. So I was like, the arrow was high enough. I should have opposite side long. Mm-hmm. He takes off, runs into the thicket down towards the creek that's on the south side of that field. And um, I give it about 10 minutes and I knew it was pretty thick in there. So I knew I'd be able to check the spot of impact and not have him see me. And immediately good blood. And I was thinking, well, you know, this very possibly might have, uh, you know, the opposite side lung and had really good blood. So I decided to follow it. And my mistake was I, I, when the arrow hit, I saw that the entrance was liver. Mm-hmm. My mistake was not letting him go longer. Yep. I just went by, I've got good blood. Let's see what happens. Sure. I got down to the creek. And uh, all of a sudden, I completely run out of blood. And I'm going back and forth up the creek trying to find where he might have dropped down into it. And all of a sudden, he jumps up on the other side of the creek, runs about 20, 25 yards, and stops just with his head down. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, he's definitely, (laughs) I knew I made a mistake already right there. Right. And so I back out, and later on that evening, it starts raining and ends up just pouring and around midnight it was still pouring i was like i'm I'm gonna at least go look for him because that would have been about seven or eight hours after the hit Mm -hmm. 
and went down and looked all over. Of course, the rain by that time was going to have washed away all the blood and couldn't find anything at all. And the next morning, a couple of my buddies came over. We searched far and wide, you know, with the, the route that I figured he might have taken, no deer. So we left it alone, and about four or five days later, I get pictures of the deer, and he has a big gaping hole on the side of his chest from the entrance wound. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this was a mechanical broadhead, and so it it left a a hole that was, I don't know, at least three inches on the side because it was quartering away. Sure. And he was still walking. And at that time, you know, I shot him on the west end of the farm, and he, he was headed over to the east side. And I was like, okay, so he's he's alive. This was early October, and then uh, the landowner, uh, I think it was the first, yeah, the first week in November, the landowner on the, on the east side of the farm, he hit a buck that uh, we had started getting pictures of. It was, it was a clean 10. And we felt like was possibly 180, 185. And so we were, his shot had looked good, but we, he wasn't finding anything. So I went with him the next day to try to double check. You know, we checked the neighbors and uh, in the process of looking for his deer, over a mile from where I hit mine, all of a sudden we... It was uh, the landowner's wife stumbled upon the arrow of my deer that I had hit. A mile and a half away? A mile and a half to the east. That's insane. And this, this arrow was just laying in a thicket that we just happened to be walking by. So, so backtrack a smidge. Mm-hmm. When you shot this buck, the arrow stayed in him. Yes, it, it buried up to the fletching. So he made it a mile and a half away from where you shot with that arrow still mm-hmm. and then now you guys just now found it and this is how many days after you've shot a few uh, days this was when we found the arrow it was a month after i'd shot him <laughs> but i had got i had gotten the pictures of him five days after after i shot him with the big hole in the side of his chest yeah yep. and you know that's i think that's just a sign of how incredibly tough these deer are mm-hmm. you know and he and this was definitely you know the entrance was definitely a liver mm-hmm. you know apparently the exit just did not have happened to catch any real vitals mm-hmm. and uh i don't know i always question whether or not the deer would have died if i did not go after him immediately mm-hmm. because i had jumped him so he had bedded down right and so we find that arrow and that was early november and then the following <clears throat> the following march we're out there looking for sheds on that farm and uh, all of a sudden the landowners finds a dead deer and he said it looks like I don't know might have been dead for a month or so and I asked him like what kind of a deer it is he's like I uh, got a split brow got an inside kicker and I'm like that's my deer yeah and he he wasn't even he had pictures of the deer but he didn't realize that he had that kind of character uh-huh. so in the end we had found my arrow a mile, mile and a half from where I originally hit him, and then four months later, found the deer dead 300 yards from where I'd shot him. Hmm. And That's crazy. it was just, <laughs> I'm, you know, like I said, I always question whether or not he would have died if I wouldn't have pushed him right. immediately, but yeah. that's the resiliency of those deer. And 
well, on how far they can make it. And then also, like, obviously there's some situations where you can shoot one. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, who knows how many, like, it can be a handful of days or months even before, yeah. you know, it even takes them out. Some, a lot of times you, it doesn't even take them out. There's, there's a story of uh, Buck here where a buddy of ours that used to live here, his name's Eric Barber, he shot a buck one time with a muzzleloader that the neighbor who he talked with, you know, and they kind of shared shared a little bit of info with, mm-hmm. he had shot this buck with a bow right behind the shoulder. And when he, he tracked it, couldn't find it, when Eric shot it with the muzzleloader, one of his lungs was just black. Like he had actually had a collapsed lung oh, wow. from a broadhead. <laughs> pretty wild so wow. here's my question for you then mm-hmm. did you change your arrow setup after that i did not <laughs> <laughs> it was i i should have this was uh kind of a simple way of putting it it was uh financially straining times yep. so you know you you try to get by in life yep. and if you have broadheads in your box you try to make it worth work with what yep. you got i understand and so that. but it's definitely you know looking back now you know, you guys recently you did the uh, you did the show with uh, Ranch Ferry. Mm-hmm. You know, whole sharpening broadheads, and he's definitely he's got a point. Oh, you know, yeah. a a super sharp broadhead. You know, it opens up things just from the pressure of right. pushing and all that. Right, so, right. cool. So yeah, that's definitely work that needs to be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, and the sale in there, I'm pretty sure at one point there's a pack of fixed heads for three bucks in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for your story. Hey, no problem. I appreciate thanks, it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just say your name, where you're from, and then tell me whatever whatever story you want to tell me. All right. Yeah, I'm David. Uh, David Ray. I'm from Unionville, Missouri. Um, I love deer and turkey hunting. It's been it's been my passion for years. You know, my dad got me into it uh, when I was really young, six years old. You know, that's the time you can start hunting, and I've just been loving it ever since. Uh, first time I went out to go get a buck with my dad uh we lived in town and we were really blessed to have farms out uh east of our east of town and really good crop fields and stuff and so uh we get out there early in the morning going deer hunting and it's first day you season i think like november 1st or something and so uh we get set down uh into this uh crop field i can't remember if it was in beans or corn you know mm-hmm. and so uh we sat there, and, you know, six-year-old me is tired, so I'm taking a nap, and I'm snoozing away. And my dad wakes me up and says, "Hey, there's a deer." You know, I'm like, "Classic, holy cow!" You know, <laughs> like this is going to be it. And so I have a single shot 223 Rossi, okay. and so I get on it, you know, and uh, I think I can't remember. Oh, I I cocked my hammer back. I got on it. Click. I'm like what's going on he's like you didn't get it off of safety get it off of safety and by that time the deer's running so i'm leading it boom miss it completely i mean it's i mean i'm just shooken up you know i'm like oh did i hit it, did I hit it? he's like no you missed it by 10 miles you know like dirt flying everywhere and it's crazy and so like i don't know probably boogered this spot up so let's go up the hill you know a little ways and see what you can do i said all right let's do it and so we get to the pickup and we drive and then we get out of the pickup, get set. And so we're waiting there. And, you know, it's cold and I'm shaking. I'm like, when, 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 when's the deer coming out? You know, like, <laughs> when's it coming out? I'm ready to go. I'm cold, you know. And so uh, 
we get set down and we're waiting and we're waiting and of course you know our hour and a half goes by i'm like i'm kind of hungry you know yeah like why didn't we bring snacks why didn't we think about this before we left house you know <laughs> he's like oh just sit down be patient i know it's your first time but let's just let's just wait out for a big buck you know all right you know and so uh we're waiting and we're on this the this ridge and we look we can look down into a crop field mm-hmm. and it's really good there's a corner and there's a creek and it's just about perfect for deer he's like you know i think they might come out of there i said all right so we're watching and watching <clears throat> and to our i think to our right there's a uh, nice little ditch and they like to bed up in there and like mm-hmm. come up out of that ditch you know with trees in it and you know how you're hunting and then bang there's a deer appears just out of nowhere yep. you know yep. it just happens all the time and just catches you off guard and i see a doe i'm like hey there's a doe and he's like all right get ready there might be a buck comes out and i'm like oh you bet you you know <laughs> i'm like shaking a little bit and wanting to shoot this doe he's like how about you wait off for a buck i'm like oh all right i don't know if i can you know <laughs> and so i get waiting and here he comes and about three other does i'm like oh there he is you know <laughs> and so i get on him and i make a i make a perfect shot you know but best shot you could ask for and he's like he didn't go down keep keep giving him bullets so he, my dad's giving me bullets and it's a single shot so you oh, know yeah, how hard yeah. that oh, is yeah. and so i'm cocking the hammer back boom you know and i think i shot at him five times and so he finally but, but you made a perfect shot on the first one first one and i don't know like he just didn't go down or what you know uh-huh. and uh 223 is a pretty small round yeah so he probably took it but and the only reason i was shooting a 223 is because i was a little young. kid yeah. yeah yeah and uh so we back out you know go to our local country store and get something to eat you know and uh that's that's isn't that just that's just part of everybody's hunting experience you gotta go to the country store oh yeah and, and especially you tell little, you their story yeah, you know tell yeah tell the story get a little sandwich in you yeah for sure <laughs> and uh so we call my uncle and he's decently good hunter you know tracking and everything my dad really <laughs> he's all right yeah my dad really can't uh walk the best he has uh he's had three knee replacements you know mm-hmm. and so we asked my uncle hey do you care to help me track this buck and he's like all right yeah i'll help you you know and so we get over there and uh we look and there he is at the fence I'm like oh there's my buck and then he jumps up <laughs> he jumps up and crosses the fence i'm like well now what you know it's like well we'll give him about an hour let him settle for a bit and i'm like all right you know so we're tracking blood through the thickest of thick and i'm like holy cow getting on my hands and knees you know i'm like dang this is a lot of work for a buck you know six years old you know i'm like getting all kinds of thorns in me i'm like golly son and so my uncle's like hey there's some blood i'm like all right and a little bit more we it's trickling out you know and now it's finally probably tracking for probably 200 yards Uh and it's getting spotty so we grid search for a little bit of blood you know and finally we find find some dots dots of blood my uncle looks up and he says is that him standing there I'm like it is so i get me a bullet and i i and i think i missed my first shot and then 
finally he drops <laughs> like yes you know like all the emotions oh, of everything yeah. and it, it's it's so awesome you know like getting your first buck and all the oh, adrenaline yeah. going around and all the high fives and hugs and hoorahs oh, and yeah. everything and finally he's like all right now we're going to get it and i'm like uh, said huh He's like, yeah, you're going to gut it yourself. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I'm like, heck no. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, so we dress him and everything, you know, how you have to get your blood blood on you, you know. Uh, yeah. He's like, tradition, you know. And so we get blood on me and we go show my mom, you know. And she's happy for me, you know. And it's amazing. We go show uh, my uncle my mom's side, my grandmas and grandpas and everything. And they're just happy for me. And I'm happy for myself. And it was just an amazing experience for my first hunt, you know. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm glad I was blessed to get out in the outdoors and be able to hunt and stuff. And now uh, there's people like you getting trying to get other people in the outdoors, and it's amazing, you know. And uh, I just I'm, – I'm glad I'm glad people got me in the outdoors because I wouldn't trade it for the world, yeah. you know. It's, it's awesome. That's awesome. How old are you now? Uh, 16. Sweet. Yep. That's awesome, man. Yep. Ten years ago. Then. Ten years ago, yep. That's awesome. Killed my first deer, and then when I was 10 years old, I killed my first turkey. So, perfect. Yep, perfect. Yep. It was awesome. I was 10 years old when I killed my first turkey, too. Yep. I tried when I was when I was younger, <laughs> but just missed them. And yeah. That's pretty much it. Missed them and slept a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for your story. All Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right. State your name, where you're from, how old you are. Any facts you want to tell about yourself. I'm Danny Dennison. I'm 20 years old. I'm from Monroe City, Missouri. I go to college and... Yeah, working man, everything else. Um, I'll tell the story about when I got a turkey when I was in eighth grade. Me and my friend, he's a few years older than me, Josh, he took me on a youth hunt when I was in eighth grade. And we were on my uncle's farm, and turkeys were just gobbling all through this, you know, this little wood valley in the timber. And we had one hammering pretty hard down below the hill to our left a little bit. And this, we're sitting there. And this hen walks out of the blue, and like, so we're just sitting still. And this deer, I crap you not, walks right in front of us, and there's a hole it, right below its spine, and you could see daylight on the other side what? of the deer. Yes. I mean, it was, it was insane. One so of the most think, insane experiences. You think you just got hit by a, a bullet or a bow or something? It, it had to have been. I mean, I don't know how it was walking, though. I mean, it was in the spring, of course, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a long time since the season. And then we're just sitting there, and this Tom is just going further and further to our left and there's a field behind us and so we're just kind of sitting there we haven't moved for some reason we you know we were beginner turkey hunters we didn't <laughs> flip around the tree and josh just looks at me he says right here right here turkey 25 yard strutter and i'm and he's in the way and so he has to lean back and i pull up my gun three and a half <laughs> inch shell 12 gauge and i'm barely holding on to the gun and this gun comes up shoots hits me in the nose breaks my nose you can see <laughs> that you can see that bump on my nose breaks my nose miss the turkey and the turkey flies off and i'm you know, you know i'm pissed i am pissed <laughs> and so i'm like grabbing leaves and you know shoving them in my nose you know trying to get it to stop and then so we left we went to his house and ate breakfast which down just down the road and so we went and after that we went to his farm it starts pouring rain we sit down we make one call two toms just hammer 60 yards away they come in within five minutes, and I got the got that turkey. But take, All with a broken nose. With a broken nose. Dude, that's insane. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard something so, like, incredible from a recoil. I mean, I know stuff like that I mean, happens. Yeah, but. I was, I mean, 
I was pretty young, but I was just barely holding on to this gun. Yep. And just shot, and it just came up. It smacked my face. And, oh, it hurt. I, I was bleeding so bad. I mean, it looked like I got shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So, so in one morning, you have a turkey. Well, you see a deer with a hole in it, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Then you have a tom come in and surprise you shoot at it miss it break your nose and then get one all on the same day yeah it just it took a lot of steps to get there you know but we got there <laughs> that's awesome man well thanks for telling me your story that's a that's a great story well, thank you yeah all right so tell me your name and where you're from and tell me your story all right man my name is jacob scott and i'm from uh, fairfield iowa and that's my buddy danny right there we go to college together cool and uh it's really nice to be here. We've been watching you since you guys started, even back in the Midwest Whitetail days. That was it's been fun to watch you guys grow. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I've taken from you guys watching you guys is hunting on the ground. Uh, before that, I'd never seen anyone hunt on the ground successfully. And I was talking to my dad about it. He's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know anyone's ever done that. He's like, so there's these guys, guys on YouTube. I watch this long-haired guy, Zach, kill a deer <laughs> in a ghillie suit. It was that big swamp buck, I think, he uh-huh. shot way back in the day. Uh-huh. And all I knew was hunting out of tree stands. But this last fall, I actually killed my biggest deer ever off the ground with my bow. That's awesome. But So I was sitting over uh, about 50 acres of CRP. It's a big bowl. And you can see the whole way. So I'm all the way up on top of the hill. And my dad's hunting. It's Monday morning. He took a few hours off work. And he's hunting down the timber in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So are you sitting up looking down over this Yeah, it's pretty neat. Area? It's So it's quite like a big bowl you'd see out west. I don't, there's nothing like it in Iowa I've seen. Mm-hmm. And you can see all the way across. And the deer like to go out there and chase does. It's the third week in November. Yep. And they, go out, they take them does out there and bed down with them and breed them. Mm-hmm. So I that's the perfect spot yeah. to be that time of the yep. year, the third week of November, and they're just looking for any doe and heat. Yep. So I, you just watch bucks cruise through that grass all morning. And earlier that morning, it's probably at 8 a.m. I watched a pretty nice eight-pointer walk right to my dad, and then I watched it walk right past him, and I shoot him a text. I was like, "Why didn't you shoot that deer?" And he's like, "He's like, ah, oh, I'm just waiting for a little bigger one." I was like, <laughs> "Man, all right, if I was there, I mean, it been a different story." Uh-huh. And then about 20 minutes go by, and I just see another bigger one walking right to him. And next thing I know, he's calling me. He's like, I just shot that deer. You see it go running across the field? And I, I was like, yeah. And so he's just sitting to let, you know, let it sit a few hours. He didn't watch it go down. And out in the grass, I spotted uh, two bucks. They were just walking out in the grass about 300 yards away, all the way out on the other side. And there was an eight-pointer my dad was telling me about, the biggest brow tines they've ever seen. They're they were legitimately 12 inches and that's crazy so i sent him a text i was like is that buck over there is like is he a big shooter i couldn't tell he's far enough away Mm -hmm. and he told me he was so where i was sitting he was directly in front of me about 400 yards but the wind direction is what was messing me up because the the ideal route to stock up on him in that six foot crp grass was uh bad it would have blown the wind right to him Mm -hmm. So the only way to get to him was I had to hop out of my stand, which I did about 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a big loop. It was probably almost a half-mile loop. Now, question. Yep. Do you see him still? Do you know exactly so, where he's at or you just kind of him. Just... I watched him bed down with a smaller buck for some reason. It's yep. late November. I don't know why he's with a young buck, but mm-hmm. they bedded down together. And uh, 
so I dipped out of sight, and I just figured they've been sitting there long enough. Hopefully, he's still there by the time I get up there. So I circled for about 20, 30 minutes, just sneaking. It's a long ways to sneak out of sight, and I saw my dad over there, and he's just watching me with his binos. And it took took probably 45 minutes, and I circled all the way up around. And right where they were bedded, it was the edge of the CRP and the edge of a picked bean field. Mm-hmm. And it was dead calm, which was the worst to be walking oh, through yeah. CRP. So my plan was I was going to get up to the edge of that picked bean field and walk right down the edge because he was 15 yards off the edge of the field. Mm-hmm. So I got about to that field, and I see my dad. He's walked back to his truck already. He's going to go to work, and he's sitting there watching me with my nose. And he gets about 9.30, and he texts me. He's like, I'm going to work. He's like, good luck. Yeah. And he wasn't gone very long, and so I dropped all my extra stuff, only took my bow, and I just snuck down right down the edge of that soybeans. And it's dead calm. I had, I had snuck down the edge for about 15 minutes, and he was, I was within 50 yards of him for 10 plus minutes. Now, now, question for you: Do you yep. do you have a visual on him again, or are you using a landmark? So there was a tall bush I knew he was by. Okay. And at one point, I saw him turn his head. So you, so now you've got a visual on yep. him again, at inside of 50. Yep. yep. Okay. But the issue was he had a smaller buck that was kind of in between mm-hmm. us, so I had to. I had to sneak as quiet as possible, you know. Mm-hmm. And I snuck down that soybean edge for about 20 minutes, and he stood up at 20 yards. And now does I he know was, you're there? No, he's looking the other way. I was uh-huh. like, I can't believe they don't know I'm here, man. Craziest thing ever happened. I the biggest buck I seen in my life came running up out of that bottom. And, A different buck. Yep. What? He came out of that bottom, and at 50 yards, he was standing there, and he ran that buck off. And he ran out into the open soybeans and stopped about 60 yards and looked at me. I mean, we found his sheds. They were 12-inch brow tines, like my dad said. And he stood there, looked at me, and that, meanwhile, the biggest buck of my life I've ever seen is standing there in that CRP running off the little buck. And so that big eight-pointer is, like, looking at me like, that ain't right. Okay, was, okay, hold on. Let me get this straight. So you've stalked the big eight-pointer with 12-inch brow tines. I was within 20 yards, and he got ran off by the other what? buck. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> and he ran out into the soybeans and stood there and looked at me. And I was just freaking out. I didn't want him because he was flicking his tail, snorting at me and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, it's it. this other buck's going to run off. He's going to run off. It's done. And he just doesn't know what's going on. He just walks away across that bean field to the other piece of timber. The little buck got up and followed him. I was like, what the heck? And that other buck was still standing in the CRP. And then he went back down into the bowl because right on the edge of that bean field is a dip, and it drops down so you mm-hmm. can't see him. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, that other buck was big. And I knew my dad had called me, and he said two days before he'd seen the biggest buck he's seen in person in a few years down there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, he's probably still down here. So I just kept sneaking right down along the edge, and I lost sight of him. Turns out he was bedded down with a doe in there. Ah, that's <laughs> hey, that's why those two bucks were there. Yep. Is those other two bucks were satelliting yeah. big, big, big boy. I couldn't figure out when I was sitting in the tree stand why two bucks were just yep. out there together bedded. And they were just waiting on that doe that was in Waiting heat. on their turn. Yep, yep. <laughs> to try to slink, slide in there. So he just, he was down there and I couldn't see him. And I was looking, I was looking 50 yards to the left. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I just looked to my right and he's standing there about 80 yards with a doe just looking at me. And I'm in the wide open edge of the bean field. So I just crouched down like a catcher's almost mm-hmm. on the front of my feet. And I, all I had was my bow on my front hand. But it was dead calm. And he just, he saw me crouch. And he just stood there, 
and I had the longest staring competition of my life. I, <laughs> I sat there in that crouch so long, my legs started shaking. It was a few minutes in, and I was leaning with the wind. He really started looking at me when I started wobbling. And I was like, man, I just got to wait this out, and he'll look away. Uh-huh. And finally, he just decided he wasn't going to come check me out. He's got that doe with him. So he started just come walking towards me. And I can't get a good look at him because he's going through the CRP. And I was like, all I know is he's a big buck. Good enough. Yep. So I've been practicing a lot shooting farther ranges. And I had two broadheads. I had my regular broadheads. And then I bought my girlfriend some fixed blades that shoot really good at farther distances. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this could be a farther shot. So I put the little fixed blade on there just in case. He just starts walking. He's looking at me. I'm like, yeah, this looks like a big buck. And I'm still crouched. So I finally, he looks away. And I get my range finder out, range it. I said, well, if he keeps walking, he's going to stop right there at 50 yards. And he looks away, keeps walking. As he's looking away, I went to stand up and draw. And as I was standing up to draw, it's kind of like an epic movie scene. I'm up on top, and he's down below. And I'm looking down on him. As he looks at me, and I'm standing up, and he's kind of quartering to me and i was like well i might have to put this in front of his shoulder Uh and i was like i was pretty nervous i had been shaking for a few minutes watching him (laughs) this is the biggest buck i've seen ever about hunting Uh and he finally stops it's picture perfect he watched me stand up and i just was like well we're here might as well send it for him (laughs) and it i watched it go it hit him perfect right in front of the shoulder right in the heart yep and he took off running, that doe stood up, and I watched him run through the CRP up to the timber, which is 400 yards, which made me nervous because he didn't fall in yeah, 400 yards. Yeah. And I was talking to my dad, and he's like, well, maybe if he ran farther because he's with that doe. Right. So Got all adrenaline. And yeah, I called my dad, stuff. and uh, he had just left for work. He's like, oh, I wish I stayed and watched that. It was crazy. Yeah. And so went about my day, went home. Went, did everything I was going to do for that day. It was, it was Thanksgiving week, so okay. I had school off, and sure. I just had some things to do. And I went back out there about 3 p.m., and my dad's buddy called me. He's asking me all about it. He's like, well, your dad didn't tell me too much because he's too worked up about the deer he shot this morning. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> he shot his deer 400 yards away from me within uh-huh. sight. And I went, found the track, but the problem was that little fixed blade didn't make a big hole. Yep. And where I shot him was right in the armpit, mm-hmm. so he wasn't bleeding much. Mm-hmm. But I tracked him for about 300 yards, and right before he got to the edge of the timber, he started walking. And when he was walking through that CRP, all the grass that rubbed on him was blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's going to be right on the edge of the timber where they stop and fall over every time. And I get in there, it's pretty open. I start looking around, there's no blood and no deer. And then I was really worried. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a deep, deep, deep ditch, and I went over there and looked down that ditch, and he wasn't there, and I was like getting really worried because the blood trail ended because there was no more tall grass and i just started walking down the ditch and there's a fallen log and on the back side of that log i looked over and i was five feet away from him and it was just the biggest deer i've seen in my life <laughs> and i went I, I was like oh my god it's the 12 pointer my dad told me about and i went to grab my phone and call him didn't have it on me i forgot it at the truck <laughs> so i went i ran about half a mile back to the truck i was so excited and I got my phone and called him, and I was out of breath. And he's like, all right, I'll get off work. I'll be right out there. <laughs> he he couldn't believe it. He pulled up. It was a 12-pointer he saw two days ago. I mean, it it was a 190-inch typical 12-pointer in Iowa, man. <laughs> and, that, and, that's a, and that's the buck? That's, that's a, the buck I shot on the ground, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I was trying to shoot that 8-pointer, and all of a sudden yeah. that thing came running to me. It's the craziest story. It is a crazy story. That's a it's a great story. My dad's like, man, I shouldn't have called you to come home from college. He's like, I should have just kept hunting him. 
<laughs> so did your dad end up getting that buck then too? Yeah, right. Well, he didn't get that buck. He actually, he hadn't, usually he's been pretty good, but he actually shot that one on the shoulder and we lost mm. it. But we saw it late season and he made it and we that's actually good. found a shed. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, but it was crazy. He, he showed up. He's like, I cannot believe you shot the biggest buck on the farm doing that. Yeah, hey, man, it works. I was like, man, the hunting public guys do it. It, it looks like it works. <laughs> you know, the thing that, uh, you know, you can learn from that story is that that time of the year, middle of November, yep. mid to late. It was Thanksgiving week is when it was. Yeah, those yep. bucks just get so silly. They get a doe like that. And yep. like, like you said, that's part about you standing up looking at him i think and, he thought i was just another satellite buck and yeah, that's what i mean they yeah. do they think that more than you know you know I, I really believe that deer just can't see that well other than if you're moving if right. you're moving they're gonna get your you're gonna get their attention but if you're yeah. not moving around you can get away with a lot I mean, of stuff he sat there and looked at me for five minutes i just didn't move and mm-hmm. it's crazy it is and crazy they get stupid when it's with those for sure every big buck i've shot i've shot three pretty nice ones and they were all thanksgiving week one was on thanksgiving but i found that i think they're just looking for that last doe and heat and they're all bred and they just cover way more ground that third week in november is what i found at least yep it seems i agree it seems like the big bucks i guess this has always been our theory is that the big the big bucks we see early yep they don't move a bunch early in november they're not moving a bunch like, you'll see one with a doe, and you can catch that, right. you know, lockdown still. Right. Which, in my opinion, is the best way to find a deer is if he's with a doe. I love yep. that. Yep. So, if you've got that early, he's generally still around his core area, if you will. But if you get later into the year, you know, his immediate does in his immediate area, he's already bred them, or, you know, they're already in and out of heat. Yep. But then it's like, okay, now I want to keep this going. I'm going to try to kind of cover some more ground yep. now. Every state's a little bit different, too, because, like, Iowa or, like, where I grew up in Ohio, we're lucky that we have a bow season that runs right, all the way right. to December, yep. and then the gun season starts. Because Missouri, Missouri rifle season kills their run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, definitely, it definitely changes it up. It, yep. I mean, it's still happening. It obviously has to happen or there wouldn't be any reproduction going on, but right. it, it definitely can make it happen a little bit more in the cover or more, in, you know, in the dark and stuff like that, so... Yeah, I think we're really lucky that we don't have rifle season right yeah. in the middle of the rut. And I think every buck I've shot has been, well, besides this one, he was locked down. But the others in late November, they were just cruising for does in areas they don't, they're, you know, middle, middle of the day just cruising, looking for any does not bred already. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's a, just such a great yeah. story. I like, I like uh, my favorite parts are, you know, when the other buck pops in and spooks away the original one you're making. Yeah, like, they, you're probably about to get a shot I was, on that. I was about to draw back on that buck. Yeah. He was at 20 yards, and that other one came running by, and he was like, man, this thing's twice as big. Holy smokes. <laughs> and then you said, too, you didn't, weren't even totally sure that he was – you knew he was a big buck, but you didn't I know he was as big. I couldn't count his antlers or anything because he was running through the CRP. I, was like, <laughs> I just saw a big frame, and I couldn't believe it when I picked him up. It was this just big chocolate – frame typical 12 just giant i just couldn't believe it that's awesome you never you can make that story up no no that's a great one man well yeah cool i appreciate you sharing that with me thank you very much yeah all right tell me your name a little bit about yourself whatever you want to tell me about yourself i'll just i'll just run through some stuff zach so i'm steve malaris i'm from over middle of nowhere missouri pike county but we are three and a half hours away from home 
it was her idea. <laughs> she said, let's go, let's go up there and buy some stuff. Let's meet these guys. <laughs> Whatever you think. She said, well, you know, 14 hours to Wyoming, we can do three and a half to get, <laughs> yeah. to, to, get to Iowa. That's, right. That's an excellent point. Um, I'm, so I'm 36, been, been hunting for a long time, you know. Um, started turkey hunting, I don't know, I think I was... 12 13 something like that went with an old man a couple of days didn't learn a thing because <laughs> he wasn't willing to teach anything you know and then had to pick it up from there it took a while but once the once the learning curve ended it was like oh we're we're getting it now you know yeah, yeah. kind of like you with that strutting decoy it was like oh no we got it right? <laughs> then started traveling out of state and said maybe i don't have it but i'm figuring it out you uh-huh. know? so do a lot of that but uh no, on a podcast a while back, and I've heard you talk about it a couple of different times. These real finicky birds, you know, uh-huh. you, they'll just gobble their heads off, but then they'll run from you. Yep, the one that gobbles too much. Oh, I mean, he'd just go nuts. Uh-huh. You know, he'll he'll stand over there and just lose his mind. But then you get close, and like, where'd he go? You know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been a couple of years ago. And I mean, this is private ground, mm-hmm. but you deal with the same thing on public. Oh, yeah. But a lot of times it's people that will cause your issues on public yeah. where they're just getting bumped all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, this bird was on private, you know. So we go in there, me and my brother, and uh, we strike him. We don't know he's finicky at this point, mm-hmm. right? So we strike him. like, okay, so we'd make moves on him. We'd get close and he just pick up, move 100 yards, and be like, nope, now I'm over here, you know, <laughs> yep. tag. So we get to as far on him as we can get, and all of a sudden another bird starts gobbling like 500 yards away and just closes the gap mm-hmm. in no time. My brother set up behind me. Of course, I'm calling him. I want to say I was calling him uh, Aaron because, you know, that I one season Aaron kept leaving his, his face mask behind. I said, well, good job, Aaron, you know. <laughs> you drop back. You call him in here, you know, so. Um, this second bird comes up, side swipes us. He shoots him. Of course, the other bird, he starts gobbling again, but said, heck with it. I, I'm not loyal to any turkey. I'll just go find another stupid one somewhere else, <laughs> yeah. you know. So um, I end up getting another bird that week. Second week rolls around. I'm like, well, let's go try finicky again. Uh, you know, I got nothing better to do, especially after fly down. I knew where he was. So get in there, sure enough, strike him. Like, okay, well. See how it goes. Same path as the last time. Every time you get close, he'd bump off. Mm-hmm. 60, 70 yards. You'd crawl up, bump off again. Where is it? What is he doing? Mm-hmm. You know? One o'clock, of course, in Missouri. One o'clock. Thank you, Missouri, for that. So <laughs> he bumps off, and it's like, well, done with this one for today. You know? uh-huh. So a couple days goes by uh, with work. Like, well, I get off in the morning. I'm going straight over to see what he's doing. So I get over there, he's gobbling, and here's this other group of birds I've never heard. They'd never gobbled the whole time they'd mm-hmm. been there. But this other group is gobbling. I thought, well, that's odd. You know, we've never heard them. So I start making moves because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, I, I'm not loyal. I don't need this finicky bird, right. you know. He's being silly. <clears throat> so the closer I got, I realized this other group is Jake's. Uh-huh. Right, it's a group of jakes. They're all gobbling together. So initially, it sounded like maybe a couple times. Uh-huh. One a couple times, it was a whole passel load of jakes, <laughs> which is what his issue was, right? Oh yeah. Because I have found, I found, uh, and it's normally not some old ancient bird. It's normally some two-year-old mm-hmm. that has uh, let the jakes know he's just going to rule their life, you yep. know. And then you 
coming there as another time or a bird and they're just come running to you yeah so with this one not the case you know they had him he was he was getting whipped on a regular basis Mm -hmm. if you got too close to the flock yep this one's just one of many that has been freaky but i've never spent that much time to kill one of them sure yeah so um I get in there. These birds are got. These jakes are gobbling. He's still going. I mean, he's a ways out there, and he's keeping his distance. Mm-hmm. And I thought, instead of following this same path, I'm going to use this this terrain to my advantage. And you have this creek. I thought, well, I can drop in this creek. He going to gobble every time I call. Mm-hmm. And these jakes are so dumb, they're just going to stay where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't know what's going on, but they they don't like him mm-hmm. apparently. So I work down the creek keeping him talking every so many yards i'd stop hitting yep he's still there pop up and i'm within this 60 yard bubble that you couldn't never break hit him with a call he's just still staying there well back to the creek we go you know so i drop down off in the creek work up and i get to a spot and i'm we're not talking far i might have maneuvered maybe 30 40 yards on mm-hmm. him <clears throat> still within He's keeping that 60 yard, Mm -hmm. but now he's in front of me and these jakes are more behind me to my Mm -hmm. left, right? So I pop up out of the creek. Now this timber's thick, right? Like you have a couple of spots where they'll fly down the timber, but it's just, it's nasty. A lot of under, a lot of underbrush, a lot of what, like that green briar and all that, just nasty creek bottom. So I get up to this old dead tree and I think, there's no way I can sit against this thing. I'll never see him. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to stay standing behind this tree, you know, which whatever it takes to kill sure, one. You just sure. especially at this point, I've spent too much time on this bird. <laughs> right. And I've spent more time on other birds, but this one's just a good one. So I'm standing behind this tree. Once again, these jakes are I'm a lot closer to him and he's like, Well, she's way over here by me because I'm saying some nice things to him. Yeah, <laughs> real sweet. You know, and uh, so he breaks and I can hear him you know spitting drumming i'm like i should be seeing this turkey any second mm-hmm. well he comes right through in front of me i got nothing i'm like where's he going i'm here behind this tree bud where, 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 why are you going towards them jakes sure enough he makes this loop pops up over where i just had sat down right like goes that last spot where you call him. like you got to be kidding me i got closer to you and you decide to pass me up to go over there <laughs> so he he comes into this opening i say opening he's on like a road that's dilapidated four-wheeler path mm-hmm. uh so he works on it can't do nothing with him he drops off behind this thick stuff i said well he gonna break right or break left he's gonna go one way or the other it's open either way but if he goes right he's gonna get a lot closer to them jakes mm-hmm. you know so what's he do he breaks left comes through this thick stuff in his body and keep in mind i'm standing all 250 pounds of me on <laughs> this tree right he breaks sure enough he comes he gets to where there's nothing between me and him but air and space and just this tree because i'm just next to it at this uh-huh. point you know he's made this loop around he gets in the opening and sees me and just oh god it's too late you know last thing went through his mind was some number fives i think <laughs> <laughs> some three and a half inch but uh no just like you talking about on the podcast where it's like is it is it hunting pressure like what is doing it and i heard um i want to say it was uh so or sam mm-hmm. say so he mentioned jakes yep and the whole time you'd talked about another podcast i'm like it's jakes yeah. like jakes will do it i agree i think i think that um one of the, the there's a handful of things it's like 
hunting pressure yep. is one thing. And I think a lot of people have a tendency to say, oh, that, that bird's been, is call shy. Like he's afraid of a call. And I think that that's not necessarily true, but I do believe that a turkey can be turkey shy. Yeah. Like yeah. he's just afraid of other turkeys. Yeah. I've, I've seen it with, you know, turkeys interacting with other turkeys. I've seen it with turkeys interacting with the decoy before. Mm-hmm. I once watched a, I was hunting, I was filming, uh, my friend John here in Iowa and it's just a great morning. It was, I think it was the first day of the first season here and beautiful morning. Birds are gobbling in a bunch of different directions. And we had seen a group of toms strutting with hens where we were set up and we had a decoy set up and I think we had a, a hen and a Jake decoy. And all of a sudden we look up and hundreds of yards away, like way down and across this field, there's this Tom coming right at us. And he's moving, like he's moving fast. But something looks weird about him. Like he's not moving confidently. He's moving kind of scared like. But he's just moving out, like coming fast. <laughs> when he gets right into the edge of the, the field that we were in, and he takes one look up at those decoys, and he never even misses stride, and he just keeps moving. Oh, yeah. And he goes right past us, and he gets to a spot, and he set up shop, and he just stood there and gobbled his butt off. Yeah. And just nonstop gobbled, right? Well, about... 10 minutes later right in the same direction two strutters came up and over they were alone and i know that he you know as soon yeah. as that happened it's like he's afraid of those two toms yeah and he so, wanted no part of that other male bird yeah Said, and, nope. when, and when he sees even our decoy <laughs> yeah here's colin whatever he's like i'm gonna go over here and if you approach me then we can dance but yeah. otherwise yeah. i'm not yeah. going in there and that's how that bird was every yeah. time i get close to him he'd be like no it, yep. she's with that flock and i want no part of that mm-hmm. lifestyle i've been beat up too much this spring because yep. he was i mean he was a run-of-the-mill bird nothing special yep. about him he wasn't real heavy mm-hmm. you know he just run the mill you know but no, he, he seen, did not want any part of that action he I've, said no uh-huh. i've seen some of those weird birds uh, to be real old ones oh yeah one yeah. time we were hunting um here ted and i and I think it was I think it was the last turkey I shot here. I was um, we were I was wanting to go to a different spot. Started the morning, didn't hear anything. Got in the truck, started driving around some uh, public areas that we hunt. And I started or we, we we spotted these four toms, and there was three of them together. And then there was one that was just hanging out about you know always about 80 yards away yeah. from the rest of the group. And they're standing in the wide open field. <laughs> but I told I remember telling Ted. If we can figure out how to get him interested, because those other three are with a bunch of hens, they're yeah. fine. They're not worried about us. Yeah. You know, they're. I mean, if you play the right, make the right moves, you can probably stalk within range. But I don't necessarily know that you're gonna call those birds in. No. But I thought if we can get between those birds, and they were in a field, and we were limited to the timber, because that was where the public land line was. Yeah, and there was a really like well well built fence that was separating the field and and i'm like well they had to get out there some way unless they <laughs> flew i'm assuming yeah. there's some sort of hole in the fence so what yeah. we ended up doing was is we snuck through the woods crawling mostly until we knew that they were split up and they started they had started gobbling so the group would gobble and then he would gobble and we waited until that group kind of split and we got some separation and we got also, the, this is the key factor, we got to a spot where I could see a hole in the fence. Oh, yeah. 
And he knew where that hole and was, too. he knew too. where that hole was. Yeah. So as soon as they gave us a little bit of room and they had kind of moved to our right, and he was kind of to our, to our left, right in line with that hole in the yeah. fence, I called, man, and that turkey came in silent. <laughs> he came in so fast and so nervous. Like, he was yeah. ner- He wanted to come in, but he was nervous. Yeah, he was like, I, don't, I hope it's not the group. Uh, yeah. But I heard them just a minute ago. They're still over They're there. They're still so over I'm, there. Just stay where you're at. I'm a coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he's sneaking in. And he, I mean, I remember him moving. And I, I mean, I shot him at... 18 yards or whatever it was yeah. close but, yeah. he, but he man and it was funny too because he went across that fence and how that fence gap was exactly was just one strand left and everything else was like matted down from deer where deer had been crossing yeah. it yeah. and he when he went to jump that fence how i first saw him i mean i obviously had seen him from the road but how i first saw him as he's coming in is he tried to jump that fence and it looked like he landed on his face <laughs> like he just jumped and his wings went out and he just went straight down and well he was excited about the whole situation excited. but hey, i mean he wanted to get in there he had an opening and he tried <laughs> to take it and yeah. it cost him but yeah. oh, that was hilarious I, I mean i've seen him walk through uh uh, just like bob wire strands you know no big deal you get some yeah. wolfing wire in there though and it's like oh, oh yeah. i don't know i don't we might not i don't think we're crossing this okay yeah. i mean she's over there but i'm not that hard <laughs> i'll just stay with this group you know gotta give them that the, sweet talk like oh, you, you give them real sweet but i mean y'all you, you got it i've heard y'all call i mean there was a time and you'll admit that it was like i don't know what i'm doing out here Dude, with this mouth call it's so funny how, that's me currently but. yeah well it's funny how you 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 start to look at like I look at other people and I'm always like, okay, you know, like, do I have room for improvement? And then I start watching Dave Owens. Which oh I'm, yeah. I mean, then you're like, well, okay, well now I need to practice. Cause I look like an idiot calling around <laughs> Dave, Dave yeah. Owens. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are seeing me call like this. You know, people are going to, they're going to know. <laughs> they're going to know. Practicing more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's one of them things, you know, with, with them birds, you, you get a finicky one. They can't, there's no bird that can't be killed. I mean, you, right. uh, I want to say it might've been Michigan with that town bird. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. you can't kill him. It was Pennsylvania. Was it Pennsylvania? Uh, the unkillable turkey. Yeah, you can't kill him. Yeah, I bet you can. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. can't have to try something different than what everybody else yeah. is trying. Yeah, everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. That's why you ain't killing him. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's hunting in a nutshell, in my opinion, is take take the things that the majority of people are doing and try to put your own spin that's unique and something a little bit different and generally you can find something that will work especially if like everybody you know i always say you know take what people are doing and then just do something different it doesn't have to be crazy and, and you're not trying to reinvent hunting necessarily, but if you're doing exactly what everybody else is doing, you're probably going to get exactly the same results, yeah. which aren't necessarily bad. Yeah. But I, you might be able to, you know. It depends a, on what you want to take away. Yep. You know, yep. like if you just want to go out there and listen to birds, God, well, well, I mean, by all means, just mm-hmm. go do what he's doing. But, mm-hmm. you know, like what, even like for me, traveling out of state to turkey mm-hmm. hunt, you can go to those great big public areas. So's everybody else. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, you know, I like to look for that little stupid spot. Yep. Ain't nobody looking at that 80 acres <laughs> over there. You know, you walk in, there might be birds all over. There mm-hmm. might not be. Right. I've walked some ground. I'm like, well, I mean, it was worth a shot. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I had nothing to do, but I'm here. I'm here to hunt turkeys, and I'm here for five, seven days, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing better to do but walk stupid little pieces yeah. around. Oh yeah. But you get into one, you might find three or four birds in there, and be like, here. Yep. Why are they here? There's oh, we, no reason. And we do it for deer all across the country. It's like, yeah. you know, you find these huge public land areas, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong, we hunt it all, but it's like yeah. sometimes 
especially if you got to drive a long way from if you got to drive an hour and a half two hours to get to that stupid little piece of public <laughs> land it's like yeah. it really yeah. really starts getting uh i uh, mean we we went to wyoming you know went to mm-hmm. wyoming in the end of may uh hunting mariams mm-hmm. and uh for me it went great right like uh she said i i'm not gonna be able to shoot i can't even take my hands off the side of this mountain i'll slide i said well <laughs> so i Anyway, we're trying to find her a bird. We're going down a main highway, major tourist attraction down this road. Hey, there's a Tom on public. Let's go after him. That bird heard everything in the book. I said, no, this ain't the one for us. We ain't got that kind of time. (laughs) We could deer hunt this bird, sure. But I'm not. I don't want to mess with that. I want to to turkey hunt these Merriams and and see them strutting and doing their thing. Uh Uh-huh. And gobbling like a domesticated turkey, you know, just <laughs> that they're not like our Easterns, you know. Right. But man, oh man, yeah, you you got to think outside the box. And that was that bird on that on that uh, main highway. Mm-hmm. Everybody hit him. Oh, I mean, yeah. there wasn't even a good way to access him that anybody mm-hmm. else hadn't tried. That's like you'd brought up the, un- the unkillable turkey. Within that that story, we had made. I knew that it was gonna. What it was gonna take was patience. Yeah. And, and I don't love to do that. It's not my preferred way to hunt them. But we were seeing a lot of hunting pressure in the area in general. We weren't hearing a lot of gobbling. It wasn't like we were striking up a bunch of turkeys. So it And it hit, it was raining. So it was like, you know, as of right now, this seems like a pretty good option. Yeah. Weather, weather wasn't, like, making you feel any more confident. If we hadn't heard birds up to this point, let's say, it didn't make us feel any better that it's raining, you know. <laughs> So we, yeah. we knew that it was a patience game, and we had got in there and got set up, and we had just talked to this guy that said, we t- he, we were sitting there looking at the turkey. I mean, everybody can see it. It's on paved road. Yeah. And he's like, um, you guys going to go for him? And we're like, yeah, I think we're going to give it a try. And he goes, well, and, and it was so funny because our buddies that were locals were like already calling this street. They were like, everybody knows this bird is the unkillable. And I'm like, okay you know i'm like nobody else calls it the unkillable turkey other than you guys and this this dude rolls up and he's just like well is he killable and i'm just like well i guess i guess these guys are right this is the like you know the local legend spot and it's more of a spot i think than it is a turkey you know Mm. i mean i i think that it's probably been over the years a a bunch of different individual birds that get in the same pattern where they're like oh you know we're safe if we don't gobble if we don't come running into a call mm-hmm. or decoys so everybody does the same thing they try calling or they try decoys well neither one of those things was going to work so it was yeah. a patience game and we ended up uh getting in there and set up and that same guy that we just told that we were going in there yeah after he that comes turkey, in there with you all he <laughs> comes in there and starts just <laughs> that turkey never i watched as soon as he called i watched hen's dart off the field like oh they yeah know. in the yeah, hands yeah. not even the top yeah and that was i mean that was some heavily pressured stuff like i mean a step above your normal hunting pressure like there's people yeah. everywhere so it's a unique situation but i mean the hens even were just like nah we won't get out yeah this isn't for us yeah, okay? yeah. so so then well yeah because i mean eat like you're saying it's, it's not the same tom every year yeah obviously. yeah but those hens are going to stay in that same habitat mm-hmm. every spring because mm-hmm. what they want is there oh yeah there was a perfect little spot yeah. in the field it was you know how those bean stubble fields will get where they get that little bit yeah. of green in mm-hmm. them and it's real tender yeah. and they can hang out there all day and pick 
you know, they can pick around on the grass or bugs or whatever it yeah. is. Well, and I mean, nothing can sneak up on them out in that yep. bean stubble field. Mm-hmm. If it's raining, like what you was talking about, mm-hmm. they're in the open, yep. you know. Exactly. That, yeah, it, it wouldn't have to be the same. Oh, it's a one kilobolt hummer. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably like the third or fourth that's lived there. Uh-huh. You know, something's killed the last one or he died of old age because y'all was struggling, you know. But, yeah, it, it's that, like you are saying, it's. I'm not a patient turkey hunter. That's not my thing. I run and gun, you know, and it, if he's not one to play, we'll go find another one. He, there's somebody out there ready to gobble, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're gobbling somewhere. Hey, yeah. that's my favorite line in the world, man. They're yeah. gobbling somewhere. Yeah. There I, always is. Uh, my first out state trip, it was 90 degrees in Nebraska, you know. They were still gobbling somewhere because we, I mean, we tagged out. You yeah. know, I, I only had two tags, but. It's 90 degrees. They were still gobbling. Yep. They didn't. They weren't excited about it. Yep. But they was gobbling somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so how many places have you gone? Then how many states have you been to now? Uh, it's a. It's not a huge list. It's growing slowly but surely yeah. with a lot of expansion. You know, well, especially you got, plenty, now. you got plenty of life left to keep it going. So. I've got my wife interested in doing there it, especially go. after Wyoming. So uh, uh, currently we live in Missouri, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so Kansas, Nebraska, Wyoming. Uh, I have been to Wisconsin in 2020, which mm-hmm. was, wow, <laughs> that was tough. You know, yeah. nobody was at work. I, I'm still having to work, but yeah. everybody's off. And I'm like, these people, they live outside. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been to states where they're like, ah, you know, stupid turkeys, yep. Nebraska. But then people in Wisconsin, boy, they were like, well, we're trout fishing, we're hiking. They're, they're, I'm like, man, these people live out here. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a lot of, lot of pressure. It was yeah, rough. Yeah. Now, with that being said, I'm going to go back next spring sure. and give it a run. Yep. I'm not a fan of those knobs. They look like mountains to me, but I don't <laughs> yeah. live in Colorado. You know, like, <laughs> what is this? You know, I don't live in that. You know, it's fairly flatter. We have some ridges where I'm from. I'm not used to a knob you climb to the top of and be like, well, there's no birds up here. And then you just go back down and go climb the next one. That's, But I'm going to give it a run again. I mean, I just as well. Um, also planning on uh, coming to Iowa yep. next year, give some public up here a run. Mm-hmm. Um, then the year after that, especially being uh, she was ready to get back home to our six-year-old. She'd never been away from him for that many nights. <laughs> we get halfway across South Dakota. She said, can we go back next year? We should have stayed. I said, no. I said, how about we go to a place where I have killed birds on public? We'll just do that. You know. Um, so, but we're planning on going back to South Dakota maybe in a couple of years. Cool. Uh, long-term goal, more vacation at work. I'm planning on making the pilgrimage to Florida. Yep. And uh, I don't think I'm going to go as early as you all did. Yeah. Just based off what I learned from the video, I said, I think I'll wait till maybe the yeah. second week. Yeah. That seems a little more effective. I would uh... Possibly. I'd say that's not a bad plan. Anytime, really, any of those, any of those areas where you can get an early start, honestly, to be patient, it, yeah. to me, it's like if you've got the flexibility to do it. Yeah. You know, everybody gets all gung ho, and it's that's honestly hunting. No matter what you're hunting, whether it be deer, turkey, elk, antelope, whatever. Oh yeah, opening day is opening day. Opening man. day, everybody's there. out there. An yeah. opening weekend, but then past that, it's like as time goes on. I mean. You know, you take a place, some of the most popular places that you've ever hunted, and you go to the very end of season. I bet you there's not going to be. Anybody yeah, it's very out. few, unless it's 2020. <laughs> yeah, I mean. well, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Well, that's I, th- I always think about like when I was deer hunting, growing up back home. I hunted this place close to home, and uh, it's it for a private land piece. It was the most 
pressured area I've probably ever hunted. There's no public around where I grew up. Yeah. So it was all private and you know I hunted I hunted public in different parts of the states but where exactly where like I grew up and went to high school I didn't have you know I couldn't just go day hunt. Yeah. So yeah. I had to hunt around home and I get permission. Anyway, this place had tree stands everywhere, people in there parked at almost, you know, definitely every weekend and most of the days during the week. And then all of a sudden it was like mid-January and I was at the time I think I had a break in college that was running a good ways into January. And I started driving around the block. And I'm like, man, there's deer everywhere out here. There's <laughs> nobody paying any attention yeah. to it. I mean, yeah. I had never seen in, in uh, just the particular situation I was in, there was a cornfield that had a bunch of leftover corn in it. Well, and there's deer coming from all over the place. I mean, I would be driving yeah. around and like, you know, every night there'd be a few more. Every night there'd be a few more. I'd be watching them like commuting. I'd be seeing these deer that were making the move. Yeah. Real open country, western Ohio, probably probably fairly similar to where you're at Missouri just like a lot of crop a lot, a lot of crop. mostly crop very yeah. open we're watching these I'm watching these deer coming from directions where I'm like looking at the map I'm like well I know there's not even a woodlot you know in that <laughs> direction for two and a half three miles yeah, they're coming they're from a ways moving, out yeah they're moving over here and and it was just crazy because it's like you go from one, you know, in October, man, there's mm-hmm. got to be guys out there like crazy. Oh, and they, yeah. And, and the landowner was awesome because he let everybody go. Yeah. But on the same time, that's like <laughs> one of those deals where it's like, well, it's about as bad. I mean, it was it truly was worse than hunting public as far yeah. as pressure goes because it, he let everybody go. But, but I mean, on the flip side, you know, you get some guys that own private ground. They're like, I hate these deer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll come and shoot a deer. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I don't allow any hunting. Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What is your complaint? Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, but, uh, yeah, you know, you can find some private that's just, like, pounded. Now, mm-hmm. we've got public close to our house. You know, I mean, there's not a lot, but there's some. Mm-hmm. It has its moments, mm-hmm. you know. You'd, you'd be better off waiting. I yep. wouldn't get in a big hurry, yeah. you know. But that's kind of my it, – it's it, it, same as, like, you all. That's what I've noticed. Like, you go out of state. If you just wait a week, you wait maybe two weeks, right? Go to Kansas. Not, not opening week. Don't do that. You're going to waste your time. You're going to see a lot of other guys hunting. Don't, don't. Just give it time. Yep. It will slow down. You know, so I went to Kansas twice this year. First mm-hmm. one, first trip, turkeys weren't even doing turkey stuff. They said, nope. There's people <laughs> running everywhere. Right? Just, I mean, nonstop, which is fine. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's out enjoying public ground. It's cool. Yep. You know. I went back out, like, Missouri's second weekend. I was tagged out in Missouri, so I'm like, well, I got these two tags. I told her, I said, I'm going to sleep in the truck. She said, you're going to sleep in your truck? Yeah, I'm doing it, right? Like, it's going to be very cost. It's, it's not going to cost me anything. That's why I put a tent on mine. Yeah, dude, I love that thing, man. Gobbling out of it in the morning, flying down out of the roost. It's keen. So I, I do. I go back out there, right? It's a two-bird unit. Sleep in the truck. Never seen another hunter. Huh. And was tacked out by 125 in the afternoon. That's now, awesome. Now, do you really need to go that first week everybody's there? No. Mm-mm. You can. You're going to yeah. see a lot of other people. You're going to have a lot. To, I mean, my first trip, it wasn't for lack of getting on birds, but there was just constant situations that were like, well, had that old boy in that truck not come down the road and looked yeah. at that bird a half a dozen right, times right. while he was trying to cross it, we might have killed him over yeah. here on this public. But uh, 
I'm happy that guy got a good look at him. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Rio, bud. Yeah, that's what they look like. <laughs> yeah, it's so, but uh, no, I mean, not the stuff y'all do, it, it's good. But I, I, your all's videos where you don't, don't even kill anything, still love it because it's part of the journey, yeah. right? It's the adventure. Yeah. So I've taken my wife, I've taken my brother out of state, took my dad that doesn't even turkey hunt, which is a story on its own. <laughs> but when I leave, when we get ready to leave the house, I just, all right, if we don't kill anything, let's just have an adventure. Let's yep. see some stuff we've never seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd been to Wyoming back in 04, but I'd never been to the Black Hills. Yep. You know, Ponderosa Pine, you get up in that, it's beautiful up mm-hmm. in there. Even in the spring, where yep. there's still some snow up high. Yep. But, uh, oh, man, you know, go out and have an adventure and just enjoy being out there. Yep. Like, you know, use the public land. That's what you got it for. Yep, that's know? right. So that's there's right. a lot of guys that are afraid of it. <laughs> that's why you can be scared. Yeah, right? hey, keep, yeah. Yeah, old dad ain't scared. <laughs> you know, I'll get in there and run around. <laughs> All right, man. So, hey, Zach, it was good talking yeah, to you. I yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate you talk, telling some talk. stories and, yeah. and just kind of BSing around with me. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, Thank hey, you. that's my personality. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.